What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Pod. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Right out of the gate, I want to apologize. I know last week I uploaded the raw file as opposed to the edited file. Jack and I run through this on Monday nights, and then I edit it all night on Monday, and then I post it first thing Tuesday. I was probably half asleep when I saved all the files. So then when I sent it in to be uploaded onto Spotify and Apple, I sent in the raw instead of the edited. So if you listen to it in the first three, four hours, you probably got some sort of an edited or unedited version. Uh, and I apologize for that. I was lackluster, but I was able to catch it by Tuesday at around noon, maybe one o'clock Eastern and got it all set up. So if you didn't even notice that, then never mind, it didn't happen. But if you were fortunate or unfortunate enough to get to see it in the first few hours, you probably got the unedited version. And for that, sorry. Yeah, let's. I mean, let's let's talk about your mistake. Is that my mistake was picking Justin Thomas this week? <laughs> let's just let's just get that out of the bat. And I mean, I know our viewers are not able to. Or I guess our listeners aren't able to see us. We have Liam over here rocking the Dell Match Play hat. Oh yeah, on premises. And no one ran into us, so uh, not surprising. We we were we were a safe bet. We stayed away from it. Nobody nobody caught me in my uh, my rainbow colored shorts, so it was all good. It was it was all Those right. Were bright. Those were bright. I know they were probably too bright. I might have scared away some of the golf. Maybe that's why Justin Thomas and Patrick Cantlay didn't win, because they were so distracted by my shorts. It was just too bright. They couldn't hit the ball. That's just what I'm going to call it. That's that's all I'm going to say to it. Because I had Can't Land, you had JT, and neither of them got out of group play. So that Yeah, I mean, that was – of all the match plays I saw, because I especially know my bracket was fairly safe, the first day, minus like Justin Thomas and Patrick Cantlay, my bracket looked solid. It was all the safe picks that I had for the most part were just advancing, and then it came crashing down immediately. Yeah, it, you went the safe bet and it at least started well for you. I went upset heavy and I had three or four of them that absolutely crushed. And then the rest of them were just absolutely tanking. I It was a complete mess. My bracket looks like somebody just took a red Sharpie and just put a nice giant X across the whole thing. Because coming out of group play, I think I only got four of the 16 guys right just to go over the DraftKings lineup a little bit uh I got completely carried on that lineup by Kevin Kisner he finished second I had Will Zalatoris too and he was good he was decent but really if you followed my logic Kevin Kisner probably carried your lineup like he did to mine to get to the money nobody else really did too much to make it too fancy Alex yeah. Norin was close but Kisner was the guy his was the man I mean say no hobby fellas <laughs> rushes this court it's wild to me that he does as good as he did on this course now he met the buzzsaw in scotty scheffler now let's let's he is now number one in the world so now, good for, let me good just, for scotty let me just interrupt you because i think that goes to scotty scheffler being number one in the world right now is about the coolest thing in the world for the game of golf because it's not your traditional golfer it's not your traditional swing uh it's not your traditional look you know when you look at his swing his right leg moves about two feet uh, on some of these swings. And it's ridiculous because when Matt Wolf came out, minus what we're seeing this year, everyone said his swing wouldn't translate to the PGA tour. When Scheffler went into the corn Ferry, it was the same thing. Obviously you couldn't predict that he'd be number one in the world, but it was his swing 
his swing, his swing. Now he's number one in the world. He's won three out of his last five or six events. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And this guy is on a tear. Uh, and I think that he's going to be one of those guys that grows the game of golf, especially for those non-traditional swings for years to come. It's it's very interesting to me because when you think of world number ones, you got you go through almost child prodigies. Now, Rory McIlroy and like Tiger and Phil were all super well known while they were kids. Well, Phil's got his own problems now, but we'll we'll he'll, we'll cross a bitch. By the way, if you're looking at Masters ahead, he's not playing, and it does sound like Tiger's in the field. But Phil's got his own problems. But they were all child pot prodigies almost. 15, 16 years old, they were already talked about. Scotty Scheffler wasn't really talked about as a kid. He was kind of over, almost overshadowed at UT. And I love the fact that he was able to come back in Austin, basically on a home course, in a sense, and uh, represent the Longhorns. Exactly. Hook him. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, it's so wild because, like, I think we talk about in the game of golf, it's, in just one tournament, you only need four days to really stretch it together to become good. Yeah. This guy's only had what two bad rounds this entire year. I mean, yeah. it's he's been playing such a phenomenal stretch of golf. And the fact that when we talk about John Rahm not playing well this year and he's doing the things he is doing, I don't imagine that he will, or I do imagine he'll come back to number one in the world at some point. I'm not saying I'm hoping Scotty Scheffler will fall off but I think that dude is just too good and he'll come back. Um, and unfortunately, neither of those guys are in the field this week as it is a little bit smaller of a field. I know this is not as talked about as a tournament as people go prepare for the masters coming up. Definitely. This is a well-known kind of week off if you're a big player and you're really trying to fight for them for the masters for next week. So we'll get into the course details this week. We are doing the Valero Texas open uh, this is in TPC San Antonio. It's going to be a par 72, 7,400 yards. It's a longer course just based on that number, but I promise you it doesn't look as long when you actually see it in person. It's a lot more wide open than you really think. Last year's winner was Jordan Spieth. So we'll see. He is back in the field this week. We'll see if he can repeat it. Another hook him guy right there. Exactly. So this course is long based on numbers, but don't look at driving distance and accuracy. This course is wide open with very little trees and no water. And another interesting fact is five of the past 10 winners at Valero uh, were first time winners on tour and three of the past four winners were also first time. So don't immediately assume that Rory Hideki or JT are only going to win this event because it tends to kind of be all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I think, especially when you look at the top tier guys, um, as I know, we'll get into, if you look at above like the $9,500 range, these guys should go out there and win it. But this is a tournament where if you haven't qualified for the masters yet, this is literally your last week. So you're going to have guys like, you know, Richard Bland coming out and competing with Bryson last week at the match play. I think he's in here and he's got a chance to qualify for the masters. So it's it's a cool tournament in that aspect. It's the last last opportunity for you to get in in terms of a winner winner's invitation. So I I like watching the tournament for that instance. But I mean, it is a lower class tournament in some sense. I don't mean to disrespect the tournament because it is it's still golf. I'm still gonna watch and I'm still gonna bet. So 
No, definitely. It is it is a little lower, but let's let's get right into to uh into the ranges here, Jack. Are you ready to start at the the, the high 10k range? Yeah, I mean, let's just talk about Rory McIlroy because if you look at how he's been playing the last couple weeks, that dude's on a tear. Hideki Matsuyama just the same. Jordan Spieth is probably the lowest. I mean, he finished over 100th in the players and that was his last event, so I don't think he comes out here and wins this week again. I think it's a good tune-up for him. Abraham answered. I know I'm screaming his name, but dominated Morikawa in the championship. It was like nine and eight or eight and seven. It was ridiculous. But the one guy that I think really could do damage this week, as much as I hate it, Bryson DeChambeau. He is, and I, I know that I have my personal opinion of him, but when he's on golf, you know, golf channel, ESPN plus NBC, whatever it's must watch TV. That dude, when he's playing and I'll I'll stay by the statement for the rest of my life. If he's playing his best golf, that dude is a top five golfer in the world. And I think that if he just comes out here and does what he's supposed to do and just play golf and be good, get the driver down, get the wedges down, dude's going to be in contention. So at that price point, he's a thousand lower than McElroy. And he has to tune it up because he doesn't do well at the Masters. So he has to do well this week. Obviously, he has to do well. I'm a little less bullish on him actually doing well. Or I yeah. think I think maybe him doing well is going to be making the cut. But I don't know if he's going to be a top 15 to 20 guy. Whereas I think Rory McIlroy is is a lock for top oh yeah top 20 and so i'm willing to spend the extra thousand on him to do that and so i probably, which is highly unlike you which is highly unlike me but in this instance it's rory mcelroy he didn't play last week in the match play he's really getting ready for the masters i'm i'm kind of saddling all that together and i'm riding the rory mcelroy train this one on this one if if i don't go to rory I skipped this whole range otherwise. In my, in you don't my go mind. Matsuyama? No, I don't go Matsuyama. 11 for 11, five top tens. Are you kidding me? He's got, I mean, uh, what is it? Is it? It's a win at the, um, the Sony, his worst finish this year in the calendar years, like 39th. The withdrawal is still giving me uneasy feelings. And again, that's probably bias. Um, so take that into account where you choose. He's a great one to start with. If you don't go Rory, then I would go Matsuyama afterwards, but yeah, see, this is what's good about this podcast is I think you, I think the viewers really get two different opinions on people, especially at this top tier range. I know it's easy to go up, you know, top five player in the world lock and just forget about them. So it's nice to have these debates and really decide who will make your lineup. And obviously our lineups are different and we've, you know, paid different dividends and whatnot. But again, I think it goes to show if you're over $10,500, you're not going to be disappointed if he's in your lineup unless it's Victor Hovlin two weeks ago where he really just pooped on the floor. Yeah, I mean, it's again, and I'm not saying to go against Hideki Matsuyama. It's just tough for me with 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 my past bias, knowing that he withdrew. So there's clearly some sort of of injury or or nagging ailment to him and i would just rather rather let somebody else deal with the risk and reward of dealing with matsuyama on this one not that so you think it's like a, a tune-up week seeing what his body's capable of for going into next week exactly all right so i'll just i'll just go up to rory and and not mess with the rest of that grouping
Fair enough. Well, then, if you're not going to mess with it, why don't we just skip right down to 9K? I'm here for it. All right. And I know you don't like this guy, but I like Corey Connors this week. Oh, I like Corey Connors. We just talked about how much well, I like Corey Connors. I thought too. you I, said I thought you said you didn't like him. Or no, who did you not like? You didn't like uh, you didn't like Siwoo, did you? No, I don't like Tony Fino. Oh, well, I, t- I do like Tony Fino. He's one of my favorite players, but I just feel like he hasn't cut it this year in order to be, you know, in worthy of this range. I mean, of his last four starts, he has two over 105th place or something like that. And then an 80th place or something. So I, I don't, un- I understand for his namesake, why he's at 9,000, but he shouldn't be there. Yeah. Love the guy. He used to be one of my favorite players, probably still is. I mean, he's great. Um, but I'm avoiding him at all costs until he wins this week to really spite me. I, I get that. I'm in the same boat with Tony. I'm, I'm not playing him either. I'm not touching him. Well, all right. I thought you didn't like Corey Connors, but if I'm avoiding that whole top tier range, I love going like Corey Connors and then like a Chris Kirk. I think those yeah. are, those are two pretty good picks. Or even if you want to be different and not do Chris Kirk, I know Chris Kirk is going to be a very popular pick. Then I would even go Maverick McNeely or maybe down That's to my Keegan guy Bradley. last week. Yeah, you love Maverick McNeely. And maybe go down to Keegan Bradley. But again, that's a high price for him. So I don't know if you want to make that risk. Um, so yeah. Chris Kirk has a couple of miscuts of Valero on his record, but he's also got a handful of top finishes. He's uh, He's won four times on the tour. And he's finished top 15 at this event in three of his last five visits. And he's gained six plus strokes putting on this venue, which is one of the best in the field. So he's pretty crazy number. Oh, my goodness. It it is wild. And I think because of that, he's going to be very popular. So, again, if you want to be contrarian, maybe go to Maverick McNeely. Or if you're on FanDuel, maybe go to Jonathan Vegas. You got to find somebody else that's a little different in those in those groupings to be more contrarian, but I love Chris Kirk and I think he's a lock in most lineups this week. Yeah. I'm here with the Corey Connors pick. Chris Kirk's good too. Siwoo is a guy that I don't feel like we'll get talked about enough. That's really worth the lineup, but I think, you know, me Maverick McNeely, that's my guy. Last week we were, when we were on Austin together when I, when I picked after the podcast was done and I said, Maverick McNeely was going to advance, you know, we had a little text conversation. We met up in Austin. He was just giving me crap for it. And we watched that guy move on. <laughs> And uh, let's just say I was a little proud of myself that day. So <laughs> 11 of 12 cuts, two yeah. top tens. His price point is a little high considering he doesn't have a profile picture on DraftKings. That's what I'll say. But again, if if you're looking in that $9,500 range, I don't think you're going to go wrong. Um, personally, I feel like for this tournament specifically, 8,000 range is where you're going to kill your daily fantasy sports lineup. I, I feel like the bottom portion of the 9K range is is almost worse than the top portion of the 8K range. Because I think the 9K range is guys that that have been good in the past that are looking for almost like a rebound or mm. guys that have had one or two good appearances but otherwise have been all over the place, whereas this top 8K range is consistency and guys that have won tournaments early this year. Yeah, I mean, let's just, let's just bypass everything. Adam Hadwin should be in your lineup at 8,900. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's no discussion here. I mean, if you have the availability to go 8,900 for your last guy or whatever, put him in. Don't be a dummy. (laughs) He's what two top his last three tournaments or, or two tournaments or top tens done. Yeah. I, I feel like Adam Hadwin is, is mispriced because even on FanDuel, he's, he's pricier than like Gary Woodland. Hmm. 
So it's interesting to me on here that he's like $400 less than Gary would lend versus on Fanduel where he costs more. I don't know. I think it's a mistake, but I agree. I think I think in DraftKings it makes sense to have Adam Hadwin in your lineup. It's just a question of making sure you have enough money to to get, around, to get around to him. Yeah. And then the other guy I really like is uh, Patton Kazire this week. Ooh, I feel okay. like he's one of those guys that's just really, really consistent. He's not going to shoot, you know, 59 around, but he's also not going to shoot 78. You know, was, I think his PGA Tour average is 70. Yep. And he just finishes right around that almost every week. So if you're looking for a guy that's going to get you top 40, pretty much guaranteed, you know, 30, 35. If I look at his last three, 33, 22, 32. And then obviously had a bad week and then finished with the 10th. I feel like that's a guy that's really undervalued at 8,000. So definitely could round out the lineups right there. Definitely. So I have, I have two, potentially three guys. I like, and I like in this range a lot. All right, shoot. So I like Luke list. So he's, he's number one in the PGA in strokes gain T to green T to green is what is most commonly won this tournament. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if I like him in a FanDuel and DraftKings lineup or more in my bets. And that's something I'm going to have to kind of cross when I get there. Um, somebody I don't know if I want to put in, but has very good course history here is Charlie Hoffman. He's played here 11 times and has made the cut every time with, hold on. Yeah. While you're looking that up, I don't, I don't think that this year has been his year. I think that Charlie Hoffman's still a really good golfer and he made my mom upset one year because he used that green Sharpie to sign the flags as kids. So my mom still has a little bit of resentment from him, but you have a guy that's 11, 11 for cuts, much like Sergio um, at the players. Like you picked him. I think that's a guy that 8,200 is worth a sprinkle. If you're really looking for a guy at that price range. So he's, he's come top 11 in six of his last eight showings at this event, including one win and two second place finishes. Now you said, yeah, he's had poor form coming in, but at that point it would kind of just have to be trust and course history on that. So that's another one where I'm very tempted. And then the third and final guy that I'm tempted that I'm tempted to play in this group range is Russell Knox. I think he's just kind of played great so far this year. He, he was top 10 in the players and he's made six cuts in a row. Mm. So if you don't want to do course history and you just want to do somebody that's got good form right now, I do think that Russell Knox is a uh, is a good choice. Yeah, and I also like coming in on the form aspect of it. Mito Pereira, I still cannot pronounce his name. Um, I mean, his last couple finishes, 27, 96 of the players, but a lot of people struggled that. So I'm not really putting that in. But then 30 and 15, I think that dude's coming in with some, some game. And at 8,100, it's definitely not the worst choice. But I know going forward that I – I think you have also my eye on a guy in the 7K range right at the top. Is it the guy that seems completely mispriced? Yes. Yeah. Tell me who it is. Talk dirty. Robert McIntyre, lefty legend from the yep. European tour. I mean, I know when you look just at his stats, three for five on cuts, but you have to understand this was in Abu Dhabi. Since he's come back, his last three tournaments were 13, 9, and 15. Lefty legend is going off. I think he's a dark horse to win it, and I think he should be in your lineup. Uh, I agree. He's actually 
I th- I think he's almost mispriced on FanDuel because I he sh- he should be up higher. I think seventy nine hundred is too cheap for him. If if you can't get Adam Hadwin at eighty nine hundred, who I also think is mispriced, get Robert McIntyre because he's kind of in a similar boat of just being completely mispriced. If you can get them both, that's even better. But get one of the two because they're both for whatever reason priced way lower on DraftKings than they should be. Yeah, and then just going down, Rasmus Hoyard, his last eight finishes, his worst finish is 73rd, which is still um, – so he's missed one cut in his last eight events, and that, again, was um, the Shriners Children's Open, but he also came from Abu Dhabi, I think, the week before. So um, just coming back at that, that's a guy at 7,800, seven freight for cuts that I think is really dangerous. And then a guy that – I feel like no one's really talked about since his stunning performance is Sahith Tagala. That dude is, he's played 16 events going on his 17th. Yeah. He's made 12 cuts and three top tens at 7,800 in a weaker field. I think this guy could really stand out and maybe get that first win. Definitely. No, I definitely agree. Uh, I, I will mention Sahith Tagala later. And I think you will as well. I'm assuming mm-hmm. based on what I talk about. So we might have to, I don't know. We I don't know if we want to nullify that or how we're going to figure that one out, but we might both be very pro Sahith Tagala this week. How could you not be? That dude's that's a just stud. One guy I really would like to see this week, though, and I'm really hoping that he really tunes it up because if he wins, he's in the Masters as Ricky Fowler. Okay. Yeah, I'm here for it. I I feel bad for that dude. I feel like, unfortunately, I feel like he's gotten a bad rap. I don't know really know why that dude's a fan favorite. I think he's really gotten a bad rap, but I really hope he does well this week. I really want him to make a comeback. See, you like Ricky Fowler and he's 7,700, but I like a guy just underneath him. I, I, by the way, I do hope Ricky Fowler wins because it'd be really cool to see him in the masters. I completely agree. Yeah. But I am a big Brendan Steele guy this week. I think he's he's an interesting choice. So he has one miscut since he won the event his rookie year in t- 2011. And you're going to look at it and you're going to say, all right, well, Brandon Steele hasn't played too well recently, but that was over in Hawaii in California. His last two tournaments over on the East Coast were the players and the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He finished tied 13th at the players and tied 26th at the Arnold Palmer. And so I'm hoping that he kind of takes some of this form in and really kind of maximizes on a relatively, I guess you call it, call it a weaker field at Valero. I know that's relative based on what you want to say, but I think he's definitely a, a solid option when you get to this price point. Yeah. And I think that we'd be remiss at ourselves. We didn't mention the Gim Reaper. Of course. Yes. I think got, that dude, gotta mention. he's awesome, but I just have, you know, one more guy, and I think you'll agree with me on this. I think you might have overlooked him as I did um, at the beginning. Bo Hostler, 7,000. Yeah, I I was I was thinking about it, that's for sure. I, I think that Bo Hostler is definitely a good choice. I think if you're him, looking that far down. I think him and Matthew Neesmith are good options down there. Um, so I like Bo Hostler, but if you don't want to do Bo Hostler, uh, Matthew Neesmith was striking. He always stripes his irons, and he's got funky. He's got bad putting stats, but he's going to get positive regression soon 
with his putter, and then he was tied third at Valspar. So again, it's small, it's small scale, but I'm hoping that that works. But I agree, Bo Hosler is somebody that did I have him have him in my lineup about two weeks ago now. Oh, I mean, right when he was on his dominating performance, and you took him out one week, I think he missed the cut or didn't have a great week. Yeah, but I agree. I think that's a very, uh, a very viable option there with Bo Hosler. Let's see. Is there anybody else that I can think of? Pat Perez, again, he's 7,100. He's just always so consistent. I think that he's somebody that could easily, easily be chosen. Uh, KH Lee. Yeah, I think I pointed him out to you when you were looking at your lineup. Yeah, Another model of consistency. I was looking at somebody right around that range trying to fill out my sixth spot. And Yeah, he's the last guy good. I looked at, too, on top of that when we were texting was Troy Merritt. Um, I don't think he's going to go out there and win it, but I feel like, you know, a PGA tour average of 70, which at this tournament will probably go down to two. So 68, I think that he's going to probably shoot 16 under between 12 and 16 under and really get you that solid performance at 7,300. I mean, I'm here for it. If he does, that would be, that would be a good one. I, I don't know. Troy Merritt's kind of all over the place. Again, he fits in well with the group because if he, because if he strikes it, then he's good. And, and I'm, and I'm, I'm here for it. I hope he does well. You have bland at 7,200. Again, if he, if he wins, he's in right into the masters. Yep. So, so I mean, wish him luck doing pretty good against Bryson the other day, but um, I am ready to jump down to the six K range and really finish this off. If you're ready. Cause there's like a hundred guys in here. I'm, I'm here for it. Who, who do you got? Who are you thinking? First off, David Lipsky. I think that's yep. a guy that I've been, talking to you i think i've only mentioned him once on the pod and then he shot like 90th place and i was like you gotta be kidding me or 80th or whatever it was but coming in hot i mean his last couple of performances minus again the valspar but he had seventh his last tournament which was this week in corrales so he's doing good there obviously you know me i like cameron champ i think again with a wide open course this might be a good time for him to try and really figure it out, especially just again, if, if he's he's tough. Sam Ryder's always safe, and I think he's coming off really good. Yep. But the one guy that I think that should be in your lineup no matter what at sixty seven hundred is Doc Redman. Okay, I'm I'm all ears. What are you liking about Doc? I actually like him as well here too. I think he's a very low price, so I think he's a very safe six guy if you want him in your lineup. But t- yeah. talk to me. Well, I mean, if you look at, I know we're going back pretty far, but last year that dude was a stud. Like, honestly, was looking like player of the year the first couple of weeks. Um, and then coming into this year, didn't really perform at Corrales, missed the cut. Valspar top 40, players 26th, um, couple top 40s, 25th here and there. I think it's 60, what is he, 6,700? Yes. It's a safe pick. And I think I like him a lot this week. That's fair. Um, it's see, it's very interesting because I I like Doc, but I know you're a lot more of a Doc fan than I am. Mm-hmm. I I really have, I would say three names in this range I like. I like Sam Ryder. I've kind of, I've been riding Sam Ryder. Oh no! Uh, what no, a bad no, joke! No, oh, no, no. no pun intended. Um, but I do like Adam Spenson. Again, I I picked him two weeks ago. And he snuck into that top 40. He's still he's still the same guy. He's still got the same caddy. He's still got uh good recent history. And so I like Adam Spenson. And then I actually don't 
hate Danny Lee this mm-hmm. week. He's so, hilarious. You ever watch him on YouTube? He is so funny. I have not seen him that much on YouTube, but he's made his last three cuts in a row outside of withdrawing from the players. Again, it's the players. That was all that weather and everything else. It was a mess. And then he's gained multiple strokes uh, with his ball striking in his past two starts. He's super streaky. He's either going to finish like top 10 or miss the cut. But at 6,800, there are a lot worse names out there. Yeah. And I will cut you off. I mean, you want my last guy in this range. This might come as a shock. The lowest guy on DraftKings, the literal lowest guy at 6K, but like at the bottom of the list, Peter Uline. Yep. I have no idea why he's 6K. And I look at this and I'm I'm trying to figure out. I, I know Corrales wasn't necessarily the hottest tour choice this week, but 36 the week before that, second. Puerto Rico Open 38th. Honda 55th made the cut 17th. I mean, I just at 6K, you have a guy that's more likely than not to make the cut. Is it's a pretty it's a pretty good deal, in my opinion. That's better than most. Do you want to take a guess on what his price is on FanDuel? Oh, 7,800. No, you're never going to guess it. So he's actually listed at 9,900 on FanDuel. He's the same price as Luke List, which again, wow. I think that's a mistake because he's he's listed way too high on FanDuel. But on DraftKings, he should be listed closer to like 7,000. Then it's 6,000 stone men. So if you really are sitting there and you want to grab Rory and Bryson and you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, I completely agree that Peter Uline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uline is, is the, is the best option below 6,500. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's when I get him, like I saw him, I was like, this is a mistake, but I'm definitely going to put him in all my money lineups while I came. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, so do you want to go through lineups now? Yeah, I'll go through. I'll just start my DraftKings since we're on it. Okay. Um, I have Hideki, 10-8. Douche, or Bryson Duchambeau at 10-2. Um, Robert McIntyre, 7-9. Kevin Streelman, 8-7. Hudson Swafford at 6-4. And Peter Uline at 6 so you, you took Peter Uline and, and bought two guys on the top. That's how could you not? That's the way to do it. I I went a little bit more opposite. I went Corey Connors at nine eight, Chris Kirk at nine four, Luke List at eight five, uh Robert McIntyre at seven nine, Brandon Steele at seven six, and Danny Lee at six eight. Hmm. Yeah, nice. I mean I don't think there's a bad name on there. I will go ahead and pull up my FanDuel right now. And once again, I have Bryson DeChambeau, Adam Hadwin, or sorry, Bryson DeChambeau at 11.5, Adam Hadwin 10.7, Johnny Vegas 10.4, Sahith Tagala 9.9, Robert McIntyre 9.4, and Doc Redmond at 8,100. All right. Interesting. You you really like Doc Redman this week. That's gonna be I'm gonna I gotta keep an eye on him now more this week. Cause I not that I don't know too much about him, but I just he always just kind of seems to float through the through the cracks whenever I whenever I look at the TV. So maybe I'm just yeah. missing something on him. Um on my FanDuel lineup, I'm gonna start up top with Rory 
at 12. And then I go to Chris Kirk at 10-5. I currently have Charlie Hoffman in at 10-2. That is the one thing, that is the one name I'm contemplating about switching. As everyone knows, I switch my lineups 3 billion times. So please do follow us on social media and you will get my last updated bracket or last updated lineup uh, for my fan duel. But I have Charlie Hoffman at 10-2. I have Russell Knox at 9-8. I have K.H. Lee at 9,000. And I have Matthew Neesmith at 8,500. There you go. I mean, I don't, I, it's pretty hard to say about fantasy sports lineups. Who will be better? Sometimes I look at when we play fantasy football or whatnot, I got, you know, all the top tier guys in there and I end up getting the last. So, you know, it's all about, you know, trying to make sure you get five or six guys that make the cut and hopefully one gets top 10, get those bonus points and get out there. So it all depends on whether you want to spend and try to get those extra points or get a bunch of guys that make the cut. So hopefully those pay out. But I think I'm really excited this week for the um, betting odds. All right. Do you want to go first? How many, how many do you got this week? I'm curious. Well, I have five, but knowing myself, I will go through on the back end and add some more to that. So like Liam said, go ahead and follow us. Twitter's our best one as I try to tweet out everything and get more engagement on there. It's a lot easier to reply and stay in touch, but why don't I just start off with doc Redmond? I've been so high in him this week is uh, for top 40 plus 300. Yeah. And obviously these odds are subject to change and I'm not going to bet until I know I get the highest odds, whether it be DraftKings, FanDuel, Bet Rivers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But right now, plus 300 for top 40. I know I'm pretty historic with hitting or, you know, putting out a random number, but that was extremely high for me to just get top 40. So I put him in there. Sahith Tagala, top 40 is plus 140. I'm really high on him this week too. And then I have three top 30s. And the only reason I didn't do a top 20, top 10 winner, blah, 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 is because they were all plus odds. And I feel like you're just going to double your money. So at plus 125 for top 30 is Adam Hadwin. I feel like that should be a really easy one. Robert McIntyre plus 125 for top 30. And then for top 30, once again, Bryson DeChambeau is plus 100. So if if he makes top 30 you double your money or you or you get your money back it's just i wow so the, Bry, bryson's the one i struggle with cuz i actually initially had him in my lineup for top 32 again the the whole coming off the injury thing i don't know if i don't know about it but that was one of the bets i looked at and i was like i don't know if i want to do bryson for that one i love your sahith thegala play top 40 at 140 i think he's going to I think he's going to cruise into that again. He kind of sprays it off the tee, but this is a course that really allows yeah. for it. I was going to say, rough, it helps the rough, here. The rough is not that thick here. And as long as he's not in the trees to the point where he doesn't have a shot, I love your chances with Sahith Tagala top 40 at plus 140. I actually have uh, Luke List top 40 at plus 100, which just seems weird that Luke List is plus odds because. Yeah. It's Luke List. I mean, he's well known. There, I've I saw guys next to him that I couldn't even recognize at pl- at plus one hundred. And then you also have Mito at plus one hundred as well for top forty. I think that's a lock. And I know you like him as well. 
Um, and then Sahith Agala plus one forty, and then Brendan Steele for top forty is plus one seventy. Again, I, I mentioned it earlier. If you want to listen back five minutes, he's got the single miscut. He won the event. He's got some good form. He struggled West Coast. He's doing better on the East Coast. I uh, just I got a plan that that train is going to continue. Uh, one other bet that I'm contemplating going into Danny Lee top 40 is plus 200. I'm I'm more on the fence on that one yet. I'm not going to confirm that one yet. That is one you will have to see on on Twitter in terms of if I do it or not, I need to look at some of those lower odd guys, but I'm feeling kind of, kind of bleh right now on my other four main picks. Like they're going to be good picks, but I want somebody with a little more pizzazz to, to give me an opportunity to maybe win some real money on that. Yeah. And then I think that going into that, I think it's a good time to get our winners. I think it's pretty obvious that, Rory McIlroy is the heavy favorite this week. He's rested. He's coming in this weekend hot, trying to get ready for the Masters. I think he's probably my pick to win. If it's not, I'm going with Maverick McNeely, 2-0-1 in match play. I don't know if he's in the Masters yet, so he's probably gunning for just everything. He always comes out hot. I always try to, you know, look out for him for first-round leader, and I think that he's going to come out hot and stay hot. and hopefully go on to the masters, but I do think Roy McIlroy is the top of the leaderboard for me. You want Rory or, or Mav as your guy, as your pick? It'll be Rory. I think It'll he's going to, yeah. All right, I'll give you Rory. I'll give you the the, the free square on this one. Uh, I'm going to go not low on the field, but I'm going to go back to Chris Kirk. I'm going to go mm. down, down a little bit lower. Um, again, I just think he's due. I, he's, He's been playing solid. I know he's going to be popular on DK and FanDuel, but I actually think he's got a good chance to win this week. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I thought you were going to go with Corey Connors, in all honesty. You know, I, it was, I'm going to be honest. It was between Chris Kirk and Corey Connors. It, gotcha. it, it, really, it really was. But I think Chris Kirk has just got that I – don't, I don't know. I think, he, I think he's due. I think Corey Connors with the match play, I think it's got to be a little lower. Got it. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, this will be an exciting week. Really see, you know, especially for the big guys, Roy McIlroy, Hideki, Spieth, that are all in the Masters. It'll be really interesting to see what they come with in order for, you know, predictions going forward. But it will be an interesting week, you know, seeing who might be exempt and whatnot. And then just for myself, the Masters is the best week of the year for me. You know me, I'm getting up at 430 in the morning looking at pin placements. I am looking forward to next week. So get ready for some content. T minus 10 days, just saying 10 days or is it 11? Mm. All right. Cause it's Thursday. Well, I mean, let's be honest. There's part three contests. There's warmups, you know, everything is out there. Let's just get a little Ray Charles going with Georgia, <laughs> Georgia. You're going to be prepping on Monday. Aren't you? You're going to have all the, all the pin placements all set up tigers playing. So now Jack's going to Jack's going to have his it. don't jinx it. Don't you dare jinx it, sir. <laughs> don't you put that on camera and he bails out. He's going to, I think he really wants to try and push his body. Yeah. You know, I have my Bellagio ticket from Vegas when I bet on him for 2019 masters winner. I got that hanging right above me and uh, I'm not going to bet him because he's got some crazy odds, but Never count that man out. I did spill coffee on it. That's why it's so blurry. Uh, you guys can't see it, but Jack did show me. He did bet Tiger. I have seen it. He was hammered when he did it, but 
Yeah, it was my it was my twenty first birthday, and it was you know Tiger's my favorite human ever. I'd break up with my girlfriend on the spot for him. Uh, you kid, I'd break up on a girlfriend on the spot for a round with him. Um, but it was my twenty first birthday. Tiger Woods the best. That was honestly the best day ever. I was just sipping coffee. I had a coffee in the left and a brew in the right, watching the Masters. I mean, life is good. It. it- all right, we're, we're going to pause on this because if we keep going on the Masters talk, then I'm going to get too jonesed up and excited for it. And then we got to wait another week. Next week, it'll probably be a longer episode. We're going to recap Valero, and then we, we are going to deep dive into the Masters. Jack's got to go now record, what, eight for eight in his last eight Masters picks? I think it's going on seven years. I'd have to double check. Seven years? Six okay. years in a row or seven years in a row with the correct pick. And so, that is not me doing like a DraftKings lineup with the correct pick. That is the correct pick. So going for my, I guess, I don't know what record there'd be. There's kind of a a loser thing for me, but I'm excited. There you go. All right, everybody. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Please do follow us on social media at turn dogs golf pod. Again, if you go into Twitter, you'll see all of our updated lineups and our picks for our uh, DFS and our sports books. And as always, let's go out there and just win a bunch of money this week and then get ready for the green jacket and for masters next week. It's going to be awesome. We might see the greatest golfers of all time. Who knows, but let's get ready. Let's get into it. Have a good one. Doses.